Amen. Thank you, Chandra. Um, hopefully, when Lizzie and I do get to do this again at Northsite, that both of us are healthy and alive. Um, before I get into what I want to talk about, I was reminded this morning of a tradition that I hold at Grove Youth. And so, in order for you all to get to know me a little bit better, um, I'm going to tell my joke that is a tradition that we hold at Grove. Um, it might not make sense to you. That is okay. Ask any of uh, your kids that go to Grove or any of the leaders that we have. They will be able to explain it to you. Uh, but it goes something like this. So two penguins are paddling in the desert. And one penguin turns to the other and he says, where's your oar? And the second penguin, he says, sure does. <laughs> Only our youth leaders laughed at that because... They understand. It's not actually a funny joke. I just tell it every week, and so they've just come to expect it. Um, <laughs> that's all it is. I have to keep that tradition alive for myself as well as them. Um, like Trander said, this morning I was supposed to be teaching with Lizzie Rowan, our junior high director, but unfortunately she is sick. Um, it does feel a little bit like I deserve this for doing the same thing to Chandra, but that's okay. Um, Right now, we are in a series called Faithful. And so far in this series, the Israelites have seen God move in very big ways for them. Um, God brought down plagues on Egypt. He parted the Red Sea for them to walk through. And he brought it back down on the Egyptians as they followed. So far, they've seen God as a big, strong warrior who comes in and protects them. The songs that we heard them sing last week that Reg talked about were about God being their savior and strong and protecting them. But this week, we're looking at a very different God. We're looking at Exodus 16, and I'm not going to put the, the passage up there because it's a lot. It's the whole chapter that we're talking about. So I'm just going to sum it up for you a little bit. Basically, what happens is God leads his people into the desert of sin so that he can um, teach them things. We'll get into that a little bit. Basically, they come up against obstacles that we would see in everyday life. The first obstacle, they get thirsty and they come across water and it's unsafe to drink. And so they go to Moses and they ask, Moses, what are we supposed to do? We're thirsty and we can't drink this water. And then Moses goes to God and God says, do this and the water will be drinkable. So Moses follows the commands. He does, he puts his staff in the water and the water is safe to drink. The Israelites are happy. God has provided for them once again. But then that night, as they're setting up camp, they get hungry. And again, they go to Moses and they say, Moses, what are we supposed to do? There's no food. We're literally in the wilderness, the desert. There's nothing for us to eat. And so again, Moses goes to God and God says, all right, listen, here's what I'm going to do. At night... I'm going to let quails fly over the camp, and then they're just going to drop, and then you'll have meat. And in the morning, I'm going to give you bread to eat. It's going to come in this little flaky substance. You're going to tell the people, go out, gather as much as you need for the day. No more, no less. And that will be enough for them to make it through. But on the sixth day, make sure that they gather twice as much, because the seventh is the Sabbath. 
and it's a day for rest. There will not be any food out there for them because they are supposed to already have gathered it so that they can have a day of rest. So the morning comes, the bread is there, they go out and collect it. Some gather too much, some gather not enough. They spread it amongst themselves and everyone has exactly how much they need. Except for the people who gathered enough for two days. And the next morning when they go to be like, oh, I don't have to go out and gather because I gathered enough already. They see that it's covered in maggots and they go to Moses and they're like, what the heck? What, what is, why are there maggots in my bread? I thought you said God was going to provide. And now Moses is a little upset because he told them very clear instructions he got from God and he's like, you're making me look bad. But again, Moses says to them, this is what God said. Go out and gather enough for the day. And eventually, they get it until the sixth day when Moses is like, okay, remember how I said don't gather enough for two days? Now you're going to do that. And so some of them gather enough for two days. Some of them only gather enough for one. And they go, oh, it's going to be there tomorrow. And they go out tomorrow to gather bread, and there's nothing there. And they go to Moses again, and they're like, Moses, what is the deal? Moses again, frustrated, goes and talks to God, and God says this, when are they going to learn to trust me? Now, when I read this story, and I see the Israelites in here, I have to wonder if I'm one of them, and I'm used to seeing God come in in big ways, bringing down plagues, parting the Red Sea, if I'm used to seeing that, is it so much of a stretch for me to believe that God will provide every single day? It might be. They're used to seeing God come in, do one big thing, and then back off for a little bit. Be like, you guys got it. You can do it. So I have to wonder if what is going through their mind is like, this is what God is doing for us right now. We need to gather as much as we can because we don't know if he's going to come back tomorrow and do the same thing. But when I read this, I see God saying, I am not just the God of your battles. I am not just the big, strong, powerful God who will come in and bring down the hammer. I am your God every single day, not just in the midst of life-changing events. So when God does this, how do we respond when he shows up in a way that we're not expecting? This might be helpful for you as I talk about this story. In Hebrew, one of the words that would be in this story that they use for faith and belief is also the word for trust. It's the same word. They mean the same thing. And this can help us understand a little bit better because it's not just that they don't have faith. Because they do. They know that God is real. They have faith that he's up there protecting him. They believe that he's there. But this might just be an issue of trust for them. That they don't, they don't trust that God will be there day after day to provide for them. I spend some of my summers working at a camp called Camp Kadesh. And one of the things that we see often in our kids is that they come and they're in this bubble, this camp bubble. And by the end of the week, 
They're so excited about Jesus. They're so on fire for the Lord that all they want to do is go home, tell their friends, their family, everyone they can talk to about Jesus, read their Bible every day. But what happens when they get back into regular life is that regular life sets in. And very quickly, uh, reading your Bible every day becomes every other day, once a week, once a month. Not at all. And then it's not until the next summer that they have a big camp moment that they get that camp high and they can ride it for as long as it takes them. When I read this story, I see that a little bit in the Israelites. Right before this, they were singing songs about how great God is, how he's their protector and will provide for him. But now that they're trying to get him to provide every day, they're like, mm, maybe he's not going to do that. Maybe he won't do that. And you see that, that camp high, in a sense, it comes down. And now they're like, maybe we should go back to Egypt. We had food there. You know, it's, yeah. But in the same way that God shows up in an unexpected way for the Israelites in this story, we see that Jesus showed up in an unexpected way to the people of his day. They expected a Messiah who would operate the same way that they've seen God so far, a big, strong warrior king who would conquer their enemies and save them from oppression, specifically Roman occupation. But then Jesus came, and he didn't do that. Instead, he came and taught people very differently. Instead of saying, I'm going to smite your enemies, he said, I want you to love your enemies. And I'm sure, again, they were like, what? God has always chosen to show up in unexpected ways. From the start that we see here in Exodus to even now. If Lizzie was here, she would tell you a story, but she's not, um, and she had this written down, so I'm going to do my best to tell this story for her. So before Lizzie started working here, when she had just graduated high school, she went into engineering because she loved math and science. But quickly, she realized this wasn't the place for her. Soon she needed a break from school, and so she decided to go to Cape Henry in Australia to have an adventure, to learn more about Jesus, and to grow in relationship with him. Part of the Cape Henry experience was something called Adventure Weekend, which was not Lizzie's idea of an adventure because she's not a huge fan of the outdoors. And this Adventure Weekend was five days of camping and hiking. But in the midst of this weekend, she felt a strong sense that God was calling her to do something different. He showed up in a way that she wasn't expecting and asked her to give up engineering. And even though Lizzie didn't actually think that she wanted to be an engineer at this point, it was still scary to give up on something she was working towards to blindly follow God. In a way, this is kind of like what the Israelites were experiencing in this story when they were wandering through the desert. Even though they hated the oppression that they faced in Egypt, they still wanted to go back to what was comfortable. 
It was on this weekend for Lizzie of spending time with God that she decided to trust in him and to let him lead her where he was calling. She ended up heading back from that weekend to a text from Chandra asking her to apply for the family ministries admin position. And she did. And look where she is now. Not here, but here. So now my question is, how do we change our mindset and actions to rely on God daily? We know that God works in unexpected ways all the time. And sometimes that can cause us to be uncertain about how he will move, how he will show up. And we see this in the story of the Israelites and their journey through the wilderness. In the way that God showed up through Jesus, in the way that the church was formed, and even today as we're processing how the church is still being transformed. It is through this uncertainty that God will show up. We just need, him to, we just need to trust him to do that. And he does it daily. Sometimes God leads us into places, times, circumstances that we don't expect. Just like he led the Israelites into the desert of sin. We see in Exodus 16 that this was the perfect place for God to test his people and shape their character. When we read this story and see the way that God leads the Israelites into the unexpected, we might ask... What are places that God is leading me to right now? And how is this shaping my character? For me, this was also something that happened right after high school. When I was in high school, I had a plan. I knew exactly what I was going to do after. I was going to be a pilot. That's, that, was my, that was my goal. I had a backup plan just in case. I applied to the U of S for education. I said... If I'm not going to be a pilot, I'm going to be a teacher. I wasn't super keen on that backup plan, but it was okay. Um, but after I graduated, I, I got into flight school, and I was doing that for a while. At the same time, I was also volunteering at our junior high program here. And what's important to know about this is that at the time, I said two things. I said, I don't really want to work with children and I don't really want to work in a faith setting. After one junior high night, I was talking to Chandra about how I was really frustrated with the school that I was in right now and how it wasn't really going the way that I wanted it to. And Chandra told me about a school that she was attending at the time called the Coalition for Youth Ministry Excellence. And what's crazy about this is in the span of a week, I heard about this school, talked to the director of it, got accepted, and had an internship lined up at this church, which is crazy to think about, and I can't attribute that to anything but God. I said to myself, I don't know if I really want to do this. It would mean working with kids and working in a faith setting. But now here I am, and I love it. And I honestly don't think I could see myself doing anything but working with kids. Throughout my story and the Israelites, and I'm sure all of your stories too, throughout the unexpected ways that God works, we can trust him because of his faithfulness. We know that God wants to show up for us and provide for us when we put our own trust and faith in him.
One more example of this is when Jesus taught us how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Jesus knew that we needed to be prompted to rely on him daily, so he taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. When we read the gospel accounts of Jesus' life and learn about who he is, we see that the daily bread he calls us to have is not the bread like the Israelites had in this story, but it's actually a relationship with him, the bread of life. In John 6, Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life. Now, what's funny about this story is that the people that Jesus is talking to ask him to give them a sign like Moses did when he brought bread down from heaven. And Jesus kind of looks at them for a second and he goes, are you reading that story the same way that I'm reading that story? Because Moses didn't bring the bread from heaven, it was God. And the true bread of heaven is the one that comes down to give life to the world. Jesus is talking about himself. So where does our faithfulness come into play here? We've seen God and his faithfulness. Where does ours come in? It needs to be our willingness to come to God day after day, just like in Exodus 16 with the Israelites gathering manna for the day. By giving them the bread that they needed to collect each and every day, except on the Sabbath, he was prompting them to always come to him in faithfulness so that he would provide. When I look at this passage, I see God giving permission to take what you need for the day. And that can look differently for each of us. It might mean taking extra time to rest one day. It might mean spending time with life-giving people instead of putting in an extra hour or two of work because you can. When we rely on God daily to provide for our needs, that faithfulness will shine through. But in this story, there's also a warning. What is our mindset when we come to God? Is it relational, where we see God as our father, friend, or provider? Or is it selfish, and we only ask for what we need with no regard for a relationship with him? If we're not careful, we can end up like the Israelites, grumbling about what is happening and what's going wrong. Thinking that God doesn't care for our needs, when in reality, he wants to provide. He is a good father who cares for his children and wants to provide for them day after day. We can be like the grumbling Israelites sometimes, complaining about being starving in the wilderness and not wanting to put in the work to change that. Or we can be faithful followers like Jesus calls us to be. We can gather what we need for that day and rely on God's faithfulness to provide for us. Now, if you're like me and you're a morning person and you just slept through that whole thing that I just talked about, it might have happened. It's okay. I forgive you. I want to sum it up for you. The essence of this story is the Israelites trying to come to terms with God showing up for them in a way that they were unfamiliar with. What if God doesn't provide tomorrow? What if this is it? What if he's only giving us today? This is a lack of trust, a mentality that sometimes we can have now. 
story is also about change and how that can be really hard. We're not sure what is coming next, and it's hard to trust in the unknown. But it's important to remember that we're not trusting in the unknown. We're trusting that God will provide in the unknown. That he will provide for us day after day. I'm going to invite the worship team up as I pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have given us today. Pray that as we go throughout our weeks, that we would know that you will provide for us tomorrow the same way that you provided for us today and yesterday. That through the unknown and the hardships, that you are there and that all we have to do is reach out and you will give us what we need. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen.